Hello, Kinderlach. Here is an amazing story. <clears throat> this is a story that happened many years ago in the city of Mezrich, the great Magid, the great Magid of Mezrich, who was the Rebbe of the Alter Rebbe and many other great tzaddikim. One of them was Rabbi Aaron of Karlin. Rabbi Aaron of Karlin was a friend of the Alter Rebbe. Rabbi Aaron of Karlin had a special son, a boy. His name was Usher. Usher was a very smart and very sharp little boy. One day, <clears throat> Rabbi Aaron of Karlin came to Mezrich to visit his great Rebbe, the Magad of Mezrich, and he brought along with him his son, Usher. Now, Usher was a little bit of a wild boy. He liked to be a little mischievous. He wasn't afraid to talk to older people, to great Talmidim of the Magid, who were all great Sadikim. Right, The Magid has Talmidim. These Talmidim of the Magid were also older already. And they were great Chachamim, Gainim, Tzadikim, like the Alter Rebbe, was also a Talmud of the Magid. And this little boy, Osher, would go talk to everybody. And once he even got into an argument with two Talmidim of the Magid. These two Talmidim of the Magid were great Tzadikim, and great Talmidim, Chachamim, Gainim. And the little Osher was arguing with them. It was a little surprising, a little boy... How, how dare you argue with such great tzaddikim and goinim? But he would argue with them. And he tried to show them that they're wrong. They were arguing about something in the Torah. And he tried to argue against them. The two Talmidim of the Magid, who were great tzaddikim, were a little bit offended that a little boy would talk to them like this. And especially that their Rebbe, the Magid of Mezrich, was sitting on the side and didn't say anything. That was very surprising. They thought the Magid of Mezrich would tell the little boy not to be chutzpedik to talk like this to such great Talmidim. But the Magid of Mezrich didn't say a word. Just listened to the conversation, didn't say anything. So the two Talmidim felt very bad. They thought, maybe, maybe we're not such great people. Maybe when it's not such big Talmid HaChachamim, maybe we don't have enough Yir HaShemayim, fear of Hashem, and that's why the Mizrit Shemagad is not saying anything when this boy is talking to, the, to us like this with chutzpah. Maybe we deserve to be ashamed and embarrassed by this little boy, and that's why the Magad is not saying anything. But as the Magad saw these two Talmidim getting very insulted, and even more surprised that their Rebbe, the Magid, is not defending them, is not coming and yelling at this little usher to stop disagreeing with them, because they're so much greater than him. So the Magid called over the two Talmidim and said, I want to tell you, come to my room, I'm going to tell you something. And he told him, listen, the two of you come from very great Sadikim." You yiches, you have a yiches. You know what yiches means? Kindalach. Yiches means that your great, 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 great grandfather was a great tzaddik. And a great Talmud Chachm and a great Gohan. 
So he said to the two Talmudim, you see, you come from a very famous tzaddik and Goen and Mekubal. He was a holy person. His name was known as Reb Nassen Shapira. He wrote a very famous sefer called Megala Amukis. He lived in the city of Krakow in Poland. And the other Talmud, he came from the very famous Goen, Rav, who was the Rav of the city of Belz, way before the Baal Shem Tov. His name was Rabbi Yoel Sirkish. He wrote a very famous sefer on the Torah, Shulchan Aruch, and it's called the Bach. Bayis Chodosh, Bach. Very famous. Great, great guy in him. Great tzaddikim, holy people. Both of you come from holy people. And I'm going to tell you how great your great, great, great grandfathers were. And he started telling the Talmud that was descendant of the Megala Amukes. Let me tell you about your grandfather. Many years ago, there lived a very wealthy Jew in a small village. He was very rich. And he made sure that his daughters could marry the best, most learned, the biggest Talmidah Chachamim Bachim from Yeshivas that will learn it and learn Torah all day. He took the best, biggest Talmidah Chachamim. Then when his youngest daughter was going to get married, he was looking for a chasen. He went to the yeshiva that was nearby in one of the big cities. And he asked the Rosh Yeshiva, tell me, who is your best bacher who learns the most Torah in this yeshiva? And the Rosh Yeshiva says, you see this boy over there? It was this boy, was a yeshiva bacher. He was very skinny. And he was learning, learning all the time. He didn't even raise his head from the sefer. He looked inside the sefer the whole time, didn't even look up for a minute. And the Rosh Hashiva said to this real rich man, see, he's the best bacher. Well, he looked a little bit skinny and he didn't eat much. So he didn't like the way he looked so much. But listen, if the Rosh Hashiva says he's the best of the best bacher in yeshiva. So he decided he's going to go over to him, talk to him and ask him if he wants to marry his daughter. Maybe he wants to meet his daughter. Okay, they met and they decided to get married. Uh, this little bacher got married. Well, before he got married, the other son-in-laws of the rich man, who are going to be brother-in-laws of this new cousin, they wanted to see why the, the Rosh Hashiva says he's so great. Let's talk to him. We'll talk to him about Gemara, about Torah, see if he knows a lot. But when they tried to talk to him, he wouldn't say a word. Not a word. He pretended he's totally ignorant. He doesn't know anything. He made luck with his shoulders like this. Mm, don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So the, the, the brother-in-laws, right, the, who married the other daughters of the rich man, uh, started thinking, ah, maybe it's a lie. He's really an ignorant man. He doesn't know anything. He's an Amma Oretz. Oi, my our father-in-law was, was gypped. He was lied to. He was deceived. His youngest daughter is going to marry somebody who doesn't know anything. He doesn't. Know, he doesn't. Can't even read Gemara. Can't even read Mishnah. Can't even read the Chumash. He's so stupid. He doesn't know anything. And so <clears throat> they went over to their father-in-law and said, "Listen, we think somebody tricked you because he is not a Talmud Chacham. He's matter of fact. He is a total, total Amaoritz. He knows nothing." Father-in-law was shocked. Really? I can't believe it. No, but let's wait. Let's wait. I can't be. Can't be. Maybe we'll find out later that he knows how to learn. Came to the wedding 
And there was a custom that by the wedding, the chassan would give a deep, long pilpul. You know what a pilpul is? Like a speech full of teira. And he would cite from the Gemara here and the Gemara there. You could see how great what the Talmud Chacham the chassan was. So the, the brother-in-laws went over to this new chassan and said to him, "No, are you going to say a speech? He says, no, I don't know anything. So they got really, really upset. And they went again to the father-in-law and said, you know, this is terrible. They tricked you. Your daughter is marrying a total ignoramus in Amoret. Somebody knows nothing. He's totally silly. He doesn't know anything. So the father-in-law said, let's wait a little bit. They waited a few months. And still nothing, nothing. The brother-in-laws got very upset and they went to their father-in-law and said, you got to tell your daughter to get divorced. She shouldn't be married anymore to this stupid Amoretz. He knows nothing. They tricked you. And the father-in-law said, Oi, maybe I'll go talk to them. But the daughter, when he spoke to the daughter, she said, no, I want to stay married to him. I like him. He's my husband. I'm very happy with him. And he also said, I want him very happy with my wife. I'm not going to get divorced. We're going to stay married. So the father got very angry. And he had bought them a beautiful house. Because he's very rich, right? So he, when they got married, he bought them a beautiful big house where they can live and have a lot of guests. And a lot of swarm, beautiful furniture. But now he said, I'm going to kick you out of that house. You can go live in a poor shack. I'm not giving you any money anymore. You're not listening to me then forget it. I'm not giving you any money, I'm not giving you any houses. You can just find yourself a little old shack. And they were very poor. Without their father-in-law, they couldn't, didn't have any money. So they had to live in the end of the village, in a very poor area, in an old shack, and that's where they moved to. The father-in-law was so upset that his daughter wants to stay married to this stupid guy. One night... It was late at night, the father-in-law decided to take a walk. He's walking, walking through the village, until he gets to the end of the village. And he wasn't thinking where he was going, he was just walking and thinking, and didn't realize that he went all the way to the edge of the village, very close to the house. That old, not house, it was a shack, it was like an old broken down, little, little tiny little building, and that's where his daughter and son-in-law lived. And when he looks up to the house, He's shocked. He's horrified. He sees his daughter in the middle of the night sitting in front of the door on a rock. And he's thinking to himself, Ah, he's not just an Amar Oretz who knows nothing. He's also a mean guy. He kicked out his wife from the house and now she's sitting outside in the middle of the night. The father-in-law went over quickly and said to his daughter, What are you doing outside here? What, your husband kicked you out of the house? This mean monster that he is. She said, No, 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 no. You don't understand. My husband is having a chavrusa. He's learning Torah together with Eliyahu and Navi now. And I don't want to disturb them, so I stay outside. The father, the father said to her, Are you silly? Maybe you went crazy. Something happened to you. How can you, well, you, you think this stupid husband of yours who knows nothing, can't even read Chumash? He's learning with Eliyahu Navi? What is he, some kind of a tzaddik? And she said, yeah, but don't, don't, no, I'm serious. Don't, don't go inside. You can't disturb them. And the father said, oh, she went, she must have gone crazy. He has probably made her so miserable that she became crazy from being so miserable. 
he ran quickly to the houses of his other daughters where his son-in-laws were and he called them and said come with me we're going to get this uh, husband of my daughter and we're going to make him divorce her and we're going to take him out and throw him away and the son-in-laws came and as they approached the house suddenly the husband of the youngest daughter who was learning with Eliyahu Navi appeared at the door of the house and he said to them don't approach the house I'm telling you it's dangerous if you come into the house terrible things will happen don't come to the house one of the son-in-laws was very mad at this this chassan and this new son-in-law and he went over and said don't worry about him let's go inside the house and pull him out we're going to you know, make him give a, a divorce, a get to his to his wife, and that's it. We're going to throw him out of town. As he walked through the door, he collapsed and died. He died. They checked his pulse, so he was not alive anymore. So everybody was scared. Oh no, he's not a simple person. This young chassan son-in-law of his youngest daughter. Oh, he's maybe a tzaddik, nister, a hidden tzaddik. They didn't expect that to happen. And the father-in-law said to his other son-in-laws, let's walk away. This is too dangerous. Let's go home. And the father-in-law went home and he said to himself, oh no, my youngest son-in-law was actually a big tzaddik. He just didn't want to show anybody that he knows anything. He was hiding at all. And now we insulted him and we made him, made his life miserable. I threw him out of his nice house. Oh, yeah, I feel so bad. So he decided to go back to the house of his daughter and wanted to ask Mechila forgiveness of his youngest son-in-law. He's a big tzaddik. He didn't know. He walked back to the house and he said to his daughter, oh, where's your husband? I want to ask him forgiveness. I'm so sorry what I did. And she said, oh, Tati, it's too late. He left. He left to do Golas. Golas, you know what Golas is? Many great tzaddikim at the time of the Baal Shem Tov, or before the Baal Shem Tov, when they felt that they had maybe some Averas they have done, even though their Averas were very, very small and nothing. For us, it would be almost like a mitzvah. But when they did the, what they thought was an Avera, because they were so close to Hashem, they were so afraid of Hashem that the, every little thing was for them a big deal, a big Avera. The greater the tzaddik is, the more he's afraid to do Averas. So they used to go in Golas, that means to leave the house and go from city to city and beg for food and go through the hardship, the hard times of being away from home and, and hanging out with old beggars and, 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 and amaratsim, people, unlearned people, and they would do this for a few years, and all the pain and the suffering they had, they were hoping this will take away the Avera. Hashem will forgive them for the Avera. That's what they used to do. So she said, my husband felt terrible, because because of him, his brother-in-law died. So he decided he has to get a special forgiveness from Hashem for this, that he was the cause, even though he didn't do anything wrong, he just warned him, don't come to the house. Eliyahu Novi was there. If you come to the house, you might something terrible might happen. But he came, and it was because it was his house. So he decided that he has to go in Gullus. He wandered away from the house, 
and nobody knows who he is. He just wandered from one city to the other city, like begging for food, sleeping in a shul floor, wherever he came, going through hot, cold, cold, miserable weather, snow and everything. She said, my husband went away. He might come back, maybe in a few years. The father-in-law felt terrible. Oy vey, look what happened. My son-in-law left and I can't even ask forgiveness. I wanted him to forgive me. So he went home and wrote a letter. And not one letter. He wrote the same letter hundreds of times. He sent each one of those letters to different Rabbanim all over Europe, Poland and Russia, every city. There was a Rav. He sent that letter. What did it say in the letter? The letter said that if you see a man, a poor man with torn clothes that has this and this color beard and this and this color hat and these and these a type of jacket and shoes, you should know that this is my son-in-law who has left the house. Nobody knows where he is. And please tell him, if you see him, that his father-in-law is begging him to come back. He wants to ask forgiveness. And so he sent all these letters to all the Rabbanim. What happened to the son-in-law? Where did he really go? He left. He went to a far city. He went to a city, one city and another city and another city. One day he came to a city and there were always rich people that used to invite all the poor people that were guests from out of town that used to come to the city. So they had to eat somewhere. So they would invite everybody. Well, you know, the rich people would take, everybody would take a few of the poor people and, and give them food. So he was also invited with all the poor beggars and was given food in a rich man's house. Now, there were other beggars in the house as well. Something very expensive was lost from the house. It seemed like one of the guests stole a silver spoon. The rich man, the host, was very upset. Who stole? And he thought it must be this young man, this hidden tzaddik, Right, who left the house because his brother-in-law died at his doorstep. That guy, he must be the Ganev. For some reason, he thought, ah, he must have been. And he went to the president of the shul and said, this man stole things from my house. And you know, in those days, if you did something bad, like you stole something from someone, they would punish you. And they decided that we're going to punish him. How are they going to punish him? The whole city is going to come, all the people, they're going to line up and they're going to make this man who's the Ganef walk between two lines of people, two rows of people, and everybody will spit at him and insult him and call him Ganef. You Ganef, you Russia, you mean person, you stole something. And that will make him feel bad. And that will be the punishment. Of course, everybody came and they're going to take, and they took this hidden great tzaddik who didn't steal it, but he thought he, st he stole it. And they made him walk between all the people and everybody was screaming at him and spitting at him. The Rav of the city, of that city, was sitting inside his, his office and he hears the noise, everybody's noise is screaming. He went outside, wanted to see what's going on. He sees this tzaddik nister and he recognizes him because he also got a letter from his father, from the father-in-law of this tzaddik nister. And, and, and in the letter, it describes exactly what he looks like. He, says, he looks exactly what it says in the letter. He says, oh, guys, guys, stop spitting at him. Stop yelling at him. Enough, enough, enough. 
I need to talk to him. He took this young tzaddik nister, he took him into his office and closed the door and said to him, listen, I know who you are. You should know, I know you went to Golis because something terrible happened with your brother-in-law because of you. Well, I want you to know that now that everybody insulted you and they spit on you, you're already finished. You've, you're forgiven for your Avera. This Avera, which you're really not so guilty of because it's not really, you didn't do anything. You warned him not to come to the house. Eliyonavi was there and, if, and if they shouldn't come. But he came. But still, I understand that you feel bad about it. So I want you to know you don't have to go to Golas anymore. That's it. This terrible thing they did to you, they spit on you and they yelled at you. That's already took away the whole Avera. You can go home. And the young Tzadik Nista listened. He went back home. His father-in-law, and he forgave his father-in-law, his father-in-law took him and his daughter and he gave them a beautiful house again. And he continued to learn Torah day and night. He became the famous, famous Reb Nassim Shapiro, the Megala Mukis, who is famous all over the world as one of the greatest, holiest tzaddikim and goenim of the time. That was the story about the Megala Mukis that the Mezrich Maggi told. Then he turned to the other Talmud and he says, See, your Zayda, your great, great, great grandfather, was the Bach. You know the Bach, how great he was? I'll tell you. When he wrote his Sefer Bach, Bach stands for Beis Ches, Beis Chodesh. That's the name of the Sefer. So we call him Bach, right? Short. Bach. It's Bach is Beis Ches, Beis Chodesh. The real name of the Sefer is Beis Chodesh. His famous Sefer was written. He wanted the Megala Mukas to look at his Sefer and write a letter of praise saying that he thinks the Sefer is a good Sefer. People used to do that a lot. When a great tzaddik, a chacham, a goen would write a sefer, he would go to other great rabbanim and ask them to write a letter that he would print in front of the sefer and people would say, wow, if this rav said that it's a good sefer, it must be a good sefer. And so he sent a shliach, a messenger, to the Megala Mukus to please look at the sefer and write a letter of approval that this is a good sefer. It was Erev Pesach when the messenger arrived with the sefer by the Megala Mukas. The Megala Mukas was in the middle of baking matzahs on Erev Pesach in the afternoon. As you know, it's a minak to, special minak to go and bake matzahs on Erev Pesach in the afternoon. So the Megala Mukas said to the Shliach, to the messenger, leave the Sefer here on the side on the table. I'm busy now baking matzahs. When the Shliach went back to the city of Bells, to the Bach, the Bach's name was Rabbi Yoel Sirkish. That was his name. Bach is the name of the Sefer. Bayis Chodesh. When he came back to Bells to the Bayis Chodesh, he said to him, so the Bach said to him, what did the, the Megala Mukha say? He said, told me I should put the Sefer aside and, and he doesn't have time for it now. So the Bach felt terrible. It means that he doesn't have time to look at my Sefer. That means my Sefer is not a good Sefer. And maybe he sees that I didn't learn Torah Lishma. You guys know what Torah Lishma means? When you turn Torah Lishma, he's learning Torah because you want to be close to Hashem. A lot of people learn Torah because it's fun. You learn Torah, you like to, the, you know, have to figure out ideas and understand things. It's fun. You'd also like to show off to other people that you can learn better than somebody else. But you learn Torah Lishma, you don't care about anything, but what anybody thinks, what anybody says. You only care about one thing, that you're going to get close to Hashem by learning Torah. When you learn Torah, you're very, very close to Hashem. Maybe I didn't really learn Torah properly and that's why he doesn't want to look at my safe and he felt so bad. 
And in Shomayim, they looked down at the Bach and they saw, wow, such a great tzaddik is feeling bad. Who caused them to feel bad? The Megalamukis. And they punished the Megalamukis. They decided, they made a decree that the Megalamukis will have to die in another month because he caused so much pain and upset the Bach. The Megalamukis was a great tzaddik in Hedruach HaKadosh. And he found out that in Shemayim, they were upset with him, that he made the Bach so upset. So he decided to go to Bells and ask forgiveness of the Bach. And when he asked forgiveness, they removed the decree in Shemayim, and he didn't die. Now the Magnum says, you see, both Talmudim, he says to one Talmud, you see, your great-grandfather was the Begalamukas, what a holy tzaddik he was. You can tell from that story, right? And they turned to the other Talmud, and your great-great-father was the Bach. What a great Sadiq he was. Now let me tell you something. Both your, your great-grandfather and your great-great-father, who are in Gan Eden, they wish they can get a peek at this little boy, Usher. Because his Nishami is so holy, so great. He's such a holy... He has in him a Nishami of such a great Sadiq that these two great-grandfathers of yours wish they can just look at him because they feel the Kedusha of his Neshama. And he says, that's why I didn't say anything. Because this is a very holy child. And indeed, when Usher became a, an adult, he grew up. First of all, his father, Rabbi Aaron, the great Tzadik Rabbi Aaron, died very young, in his 30s. And the Alter Rebbe took Usher into his house and raised him for a while. Later, Usher became big, grew up, he became a great tzaddik, a great rebbe, with many thousands and thousands of chassidim. And that's the end of the story.